When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 359 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, your friend and mine, the author of The Big 50, the men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds, it's Chris Garber. How are you today, Chris? Hello, I'm doing well, thank you. Outstanding. Chris, uh, you were with us on the last episode of the podcast. You may or may not remember that. It was, uh, you know, time is a flat circle, but I have a vague memory of discussing Red's free agents. <laughs> right. And I guess we need to explain off the top that uh, we had a couple-week uh, hiatus there. And uh, I think I owe it to our listeners to uh, explain why we were absent. And the reason why is because I'm lazy, no, that's not it. That's not Is it. that it? No, that's not it at all. It's why, it's why I wasn't on the show for the last <laughs> several weeks. Well, that's actually true, but we'll have to discuss that later. Um, the fact of the matter is I did something crazy. I don't think it was crazy. I, uh, I, I'm glad I did it. But we had a special election for state senator here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to throw my name in the hat. And so I threw my name in the hat and ran a wild campaign for a couple of weeks and did not win the nomination. Came close, but didn't win the nomination. And so uh, the benefit to you, the viewer, is that I'm back. Although that, that may be actually the, the, the worst part about it. Virginia's loss is our game. Exactly. So, Chris, do you, do you mind being on a podcast with a loser? Uh, you uh, have certainly won more elections than I have. So... I have. I'm. Uh, I'm comfortable with this. With the uh, status quo. <laughs> that's true. Although I'm the. That's what I told people on, on the quote unquote campaign trail. You know, I, I ran for office last time, 18 years ago. Not many people take 18 years between running for elective office, but. Uh, but I did for some reason. So, anyway, um, I wish we had won, but I'm happy to be back talking about the Reds. Well, no, I'm. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> how do I fr- really how do I phrase this? Aren't you? <laughs> no, right? I know. Every time I had a conversation with somebody uh, in during this campaign, I was like, "Oh, that sounded like a politician, didn't it?" <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a politician, and I just sounded like one here. Yeah, I'm not happy to be talking about the Reds right now necessarily, but uh, I guess the way we need to frame this conversation we're getting ready to have is this, Chris. The last time you and I talked, a huge chunk of our conversation was about what are the Reds going to do at shortstop. I mean, that's obviously. You know, since they kind of cut bait on, on Kirk Casale and made Tyler Stevenson the heir apparent, then, you know, the catcher position was kind of 
we knew what was going on there with the Reds. So shortstop was the big question mark. And when we talked last time, I think the last time we talked, uh, the, the, the Korean uh, Ha Sung Kim had, you know, the Reds hadn't gotten him. But we still had D.D. Gregorius, Marcus Simeon, and Andrelton Simmons out there as free agents. And we discussed all those. Well, in the in the two weeks since we broadcast that that uh, episode, Simeon is now off the market. Simmons is now off the market, and the Reds are scrambling at shortstop. What, what do we make of this, Chris? Well, uh, I guess the the good news is there was we we didn't miss anything during the hiatus. <laughs> nothing. Uh, the bad news is the Reds have done nothing. To improve their 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 team, well, uh, CNL Perez aside, they've done nothing to improve their infield since we last spoke, and it's even Freddie Galvis is gone now. Uh, it's looking more and more and more like a Kyle Farmer shortstop for your 2021 uh, Reds with uh, claims at at contention. <laughs> I've been making that joke all off season about uh, you know it's gonna be uh, Kyle Farmer, and I made the joke about um, what's that guy's name? Freddie Galvis, and within twenty minutes the Orioles signed Freddie Galvis. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's D.D. Gregorius is out there, um, but other than D.D. Gregorius, and there's a potential trade scenario that we'll talk about in a moment, but. I mean, we really are kind of close to either Kyle Farmer having the job or them to saying, well, okay, Jose Garcia actually doesn't need any more seasoning and we'll give it to him. I mean, that's really where we are in this offseason. Really, where that was... I mean, I just don't think that uh, Gregorius is, ser- is, is it a legitimate option. I feel like they would have done it by now. And they probably like, could have done it by now. That's what I mean. If, if they have the money to spend on Gregorius, they, number one, would have been closer on the other guys who maybe cost a little bit more, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I just feel like there'd be some t- movement here. And, and what you hear is like, well, they're interested, but he's probably too expensive. And I don't put all, you know, that much stock in John Heyman's reporting or anything like that, but just that, that feels right to me. And based on everything we've seen is that they're, they'd love to have him if he decided to, you know, play for free. <laughs> right um, and, and let me just mention we always give the disclaimer anytime we reference John Heyman on here because he's a hack but um, reportedly but he did tweet the Reds have been trying on D.D. Gregorius but quote Gregorius may be pricey for them <laughs> how are you going to upgrade the position if you don't spend money I mean oh, I'm beating my head against the wall here Sell the team, Castellini. Honestly, I mean that's my my. Uh, that's where I am. Yeah. I, I just I, I I'm just kind of done. But this team's not going anywhere as long as Castellini's here. I mean, can we say that definitively now? I'm I'm comfortable with that. I just don't see how it's going to happen. Like, it, it's just so sporadic. Like, if your commitment to to contending, like, I could follow the story up until the end of last season. And the story is 
we want to contend really badly, but our owner's a little bit meddlesome, and he hung on too long before the last rebuild, and screwed around a little bit during the, during the rebuild, so it took longer than it should have. But now we have a chance to win, and we're going to spend the money, and here we go. And I guess when you're a billionaire, I don't believe the part of the story that comes next, which is, and then COVID happened, and we couldn't do that anymore, so we decided to neither contend nor rebuild, but just kind of sit there like a dead fish in the water. Yeah. I can't buy it. I mean, this is all on Castellini. I mean, people are going to get mad at Nick Crawl, and I got a quote from Crawl that I want to read in a moment. But uh, you know, he's in he is in a no win situation. This is one hundred percent on Castellini deciding that I'm going to use this as an opportunity to cut rather than take the opportunity. Man, what a better opportunity! Have you seen how much money the National League Central has spent this offseason? Nothing. Three point five million combined in free agent spending among five baseball teams. And you remember the conversation that we've had which at the beginning of the offseason, which is like some team is going to zig while everybody else is zagging, and that team's going to get a competitive advantage. And as it turns out, it's been the, the Padres largely. And the, the Mets, Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Some of these teams have, and they've made their teams better. If the Reds had done it in this garbage division, they could be the best team it, you know, it would take in a couple of players, and they're by far the best team in the division. It's going to be very easy to go to the end of this offseason and write up a list of the guys the Reds didn't didn't sign and the prices that they could have paid. Presumably, you know, whatever, add a half million to every guy, and the Red uh, that they could have signed these guys, and what kind of team they could have had versus what they're going to have. Yeah. Listen, is, is Didi Gregorius a superstar? He's not. He was my favorite of the, well, I like the uh, the Korean guy. Was, uh, I always feel like I'm pronouncing his name wrong, Ha Song Kim. Uh, I like. I, I would have taken a chance on him if I could have. Um, but of the, of the major league options, Gregorius was always my favorite because he can hit a little bit. He's shown that. And um, he's, the reports are $15 million a year. And by wins above replacement, that seems to be a reasonable number. And if the Reds aren't willing to do that to legitimately improve the team, we, you know they're they're just not serious about contending. I get that's a fair that's a fair analysis, right? Yeah, you know it makes you wonder what the goal is. if the goal is winning or the goal is. Here's what I think the goal has always been. And when you get to the very, very top of the house with with Bob Castellini, I think the goal is like winning would be awesome. I don't I don't I'm certain that if you asked him, he would tell you honestly he wants to win a World Series. But I think from a practical standpoint, the thing that he wants most of all is not to be embarrassed. And he wants to not lose 100 games. So I think like that's why you, you have this like weird lurchiness where, again, I think they should just commit and win right now but it's why they didn't trade off everyone that they have you've just kind of got this in or out in or out and it's neither one and that's the what you saw in 2014 and that's what you saw in 2015 and 2016 we thought we were past it right yeah 
Let me ask you this question. Let's say they do sign D.D. Gregorius. How do we feel about this team? Oh, I will much, much, much better than I do right now. Yeah. Truthfully. And, and it's still I mean, a possibility. Let's not, let's not discount it. Yeah. I mean, I would feel much better about it because they at least have a full, a plausible, full baseball lineup and defense on the field. Yeah. With plaus- people who could plausibly be average or above at every position. No superstars, but no real holes either. No massive holes, and the pitching staff is still very strong. Yeah. Not as strong, but strong. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we need to we need to look at this in the context of there's still a chance they're going to get Gregorius. And, and, you know, I know John Heyman says that he may be too pricey, and maybe that's true. But, I don't know. I, I think that's the, if they don't get Gregorius, man. I mean, what we're talking about is if they don't go all out to get Gregorius, then they're pretty much comfortable with either Kyle Farmer or Jose uh, Garcia being their shortstop. Kyle Farmer, I just think, is going to be massively exposed after a month at starting full time. And, and, And Garcia has such a low floor. Yeah, he's got a ceiling. I mean, you know, he can be very good. But he could be, I mean, he could hit 100. Yeah. <laughs> he could hit 80 Yeah. for well, six weeks. Okay, but. With I, no power. I probably couldn't hit 80 right now in the major leagues. Well, fair. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that, that's what gets me about it. If they don't go kind of all out, and they should be panicking right now, I think, to get Gregorius. Or a, another guy we'll talk about in a moment who I don't think is a great option, but. Um, they should be kind of panicking because, really, if they don't get D.D. Gregorius, this is what we're talking about. You're going into the season. I mean, I guess Kyle Farmer probably is your presumptive starting shortstop, right? I mean, I, well, I googled red shortstop, and 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 Google says that Jose Garcia is the is the uh, shortstop. That's the top result. Well, I'm still very high on Garcia, but there, it was clear this year that he needed a little more what they call seasoning. A little marinating down on the farm. I don't know. Can I, uh, well, before I do uh, the quotes from Nick Crawl, I do want to talk about this one other, I don't even know if it's, it's, it's John Heyman, so I don't even know if it's a real rumor, but um, actually I think, uh, I think someone with the New York Post this morning first reported it, but the Reds have been discussing whether or not Ahmed Rosario makes sense. I guess in a trade. And, and Rosario, I think, came to the Mets in the Francisco Lindor trade. Remember Lindor when we were dreaming about the Reds trading for Lindor? <laughs> oh, we were so naive. Okay, so he's he's a, he's now a Cleveland Indian. Um Yes, 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 thank you. He's a, he's uh he was he was acquired from Cleveland in the uh in the deal with the Mets, right. Um <laughs> I thought we were getting Lindor. Well, you know, this guy will have maybe sat in the same locker room and worn the same shirt. Sometimes, you know, you uh, you just want to believe the best about things. Hope is the term I always use. And, uh-huh, and sometimes uh-huh. that is manifested by running for state senate. And uh, <laughs> sometimes it's by hoping that you're going to get an actual legitimate star shortstop. Well, you know, 
I'm looking at his leaderboard, and in some ways, he's exceptional. He did lead the, in 2019. He was all over the leaderboard. Uh, first in singles. First in caught stealing. Who? And uh, he has two seasons in the top ten errors committed as a shortstop. <laughs> nice. Came in third twice. And he was uh, sixth in outs made as a hitter. So You're talking about Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario. Who is potentially a in the mix for the Reds. Well, let me yeah. say this. You know, <clears throat> he's he's been young at every level. He's never hit really, but he's been he did debut in the major leagues at age twenty one. But he's never really I I don't know, I just don't I mean here here's the thing, and you look at him and you're like, eh. Have you looked at Kyle Farmer's offensive statistics lately? Yes, and, and it brings on the question of why do people love Kyle Farmer? I don't know. Like I, I was surprised. Like I would have if you'd asked me what Kyle Farmer's kind of OPS plus was, at least as a red, I would have said ninety, ninety five. Yeah. Like well, he feels like not great, but you know, not a complete flop, but every year his OPS plus has been between seventy one and seventy four. For his whole career. I mean, he is what he is. Yeah. Which is... He can know, play a bunch of different positions. 250, 300, 350. <clears throat> He's essentially uh, Juan Castro without the great defense. Yeah, he's one of those guys they like, though. I mean, he's just a guy that the organization seems to like a lot. And well, I'm going to be here. In, within, if he's on the Reds in 2022, you're going to hear on the television broadcast about Kyle Farmer being a coach someday like that. You're going <laughs> right. to get that, that anecdote before too long. Yeah. He's gritty. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, and I like a guy that can play five different positions. What, you know, whatever that there's some value to a team for that, but we're pretending like he can be a big league starting shortstop. I mean, get out of town. It's, it's just, it's crazy. Can Ahmed Rosario, there's some upside there, I guess. I mean, we know he's played it. Like, I don't think he played it well, but he has played a full season, two full seasons as a starting shortstop. Well, three, really, I guess, as yeah. a starting shortstop in the major leagues. Yeah, but I don't know. He's just, what, 25 years old, so maybe. he's he, Well, I'll tell you what he is. He is uh, a year younger than uh, Nick Senzel. There you go. I mean, this is the this is the season now that I'm going to start talking about how much guys are younger than Nick Senzel. Yeah, it's time for that. And I've been the biggest Nick Senzel booster ever, but yeah, it's time for that. You know, I may may start doing things like posting Johnny Bench's stats at similar age. Don't do that, please. Frank Robinson's? No, don't do that. I mean, you can't compare Senzel to those guys. Compare him to Ahmed Rosario. <laughs> well, he hasn't made nearly as many errors as Ahmed Rosario has. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, it's just so. The reason we we bring Ahmed Rosario into this uh, conversation is that if they don't get Gregorius, there are literally zero good options for shortstop. Am I right? On the free agent market, I think. I mean, I think there are. <laughs> 
I'm looking at a Trent Rosecrans article on the on, on the Athletic where he's Bless talking tr- about yeah. some other options. Have Bless you seen Trent's this article? heart. Yeah, I have. Bless his heart. That's tough. That's a tough article to write. I, I just love that the last option on the list is a pirate. <laughs> it's like you you could get one of the stiffs from the pirates, I guess. <sighs> okay, so they get they get Gregorius, and you and I are. You know we're not we're not happy about the way the offseason's gone. The Reds didn't, you know, do what we wanted them to do. But okay, we can kind of squint our eyes and think this is a team that can. Okay, it's it's better than it it's better than it could have been, I guess. But man, if they don't get Gregorius, oh, it's going to be ugly. I mean, and, there, and there's no reason for Reds fans to have really much optimism at all, except for the optimism that's born of the fact that the Reds are a kind of not awful team in a really bad division. I mean, that's really the best we can hope for. Am I framing that wrong? Yeah, that's how, that's the upside. <sighs> well, I guess the the one good thing is that's better than <laughs> this podcast has been going on for a long time, and there have been many off-seasons where we couldn't even say that. So... All right, well, me... we'd always talk ourselves into it, though. <laughs> I know, right? We always did, but mm-hmm. um, in retrospect, uh, you, should, a... you should someday just pull out a random episode from like spring training 2017. <laughs> With us trying to be optimistic. Yeah, well, you know, it's, you know, Tucker Barnhart's ready for a big year, and <laughs> you know, Cozart, we we are expecting good things out of him. If I do that, though, it'll uh, it'll expose to the masses the fact that. Yeah, we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> this guy Tim Adelman. I mean, <laughs> he could be all right. Lisa Alberto, Feldman, and Adelman starting off the front of the rotation. Yeah, I mean, you know, things go right. That, that reminds me of the, uh, you know, the, the the that old song "Talking Baseball." Oh, I love that song with uh, the, the Terry Cashman song. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was Willie Mickey and the Duke was the original, and then they they made a version for every every franchise. Oh, I didn't know this. Their, Oh, you never knew this? No. Oh, yeah. So I had a 45, you know, 45 RPM record of Terry Cashman Reds edition. No way. Yeah, I'll, we'll uh, we'll find it here. It's, I think you can, I think you can find it on YouTube. I'm not sure, but Oh my goodness. You know, it's it's got the the Reds stars and great moments thrown through. It's kind of a big 50 of songs, I guess. Throughout the song and you know, Robinson and and Bench and and all these guys. And then it gets to and this is released in like 82. So it's uh uh, there's a line that says Soto and Berenyi have the steam, like the power of the big, mas- the big machine. And then uh, I believe the the last line was, this is the season for Hurdle and Dreesen. So let's play ball. That is the main, that's just like completely amazing. How do I, how have I never heard this? I can't believe you haven't. Yeah, I, I wish I had that record. I'm, I'm going to scour my parents' basement one last time. But, oh uh, my goodness. That is fantastic. <laughs> Hurdle and Dreesen. At the time, I was like, sure, you know. Why not? You're right. That's that's the thing we've been doing the last few years is kind of talking ourselves into it, I think. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some quotes here from Red's general manager, Nick Crawl. But actually, I'm going to ask you to determine whether these are actually quotes from Nick Crawl or from Walt Jockety <laughs> from a few years back, okay? All right. Here's a quote. We've had competitive offers out to people that we've liked. I think we've been in a lot of different markets to find players that fit our club. We've ended up 
losing out on some guys. Some things didn't go the way we were looking for. We're trying to improve the position, shortstop. It's just trying to figure out the best way for our franchise to go. Oh. <laughs> what, what do we say about this, this oh. these quotes? I mean, I guess here's the thing. And, 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 and Crawl is, in, is he's fortunate that he hasn't signed much of anybody. But he's he's not giving you the like hype about Noe Ramirez. Yeah, you know we signed Jack for that kind of <laughs> kind that's, of lines. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So he's just kind of he's just kind of eating it. He's kind of <laughs> eating the the sandwich uh, right now. He's not trying to sell you on how good it tastes. He's just going to sit there and eat it. <laughs> right. And listen, we're not criticizing Nick Crawl. I mean, he has an impossible job right now. It's it's clear from everything. He has an impossible job. I mean, Dick Williams quit because he didn't want to deal with this nonsense, is my opinion. Uh, oh, I, I love this quote, though, from Crawl. We had offers out to people that we liked. They liked the offers that they sent out to people. The Reds liked those offers. Now, none of the none of the people they sent them to liked the offers, but, hey, we liked them. <laughs> <laughs> we liked them. We felt good about it. Uh, that's a little bit, and again, I don't want to be unfair, but it's a little bit like the, uh, the uh, shoot, what was the, what's the guy's name? The the great two-way Japanese player who keeps getting hurt. Shohei Otani? Yeah, yeah. It was like their offer to Shohei Otani, where they were just like, just pleased at punch at their, their honorable mention finish in the, in the Otani sweepstakes. We were in the mix. We tried. We had such a great PowerPoint. <laughs> they had a really good PowerPoint. We ended up losing out on some guys. Some things didn't go the way we were looking for. Bless his heart. That's what we say in these parts. Bless his heart. <laughs> some things didn't go the way we were looking for. Yeah, they wanted more money. <laughs> oh, my God. So philosophical about it. It's just like, you know, things, some things go. Yeah. You know, the, and, and my response to all this was, you've probably seen this, uh, this gif of uh, the guy that played Harry Potter. You've heard of the Harry Potter, right? Uh, yeah. What's that guy's Dan name? Dan Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. It must be, I don't know if it's on Saturday Night Live or something. I don't know what it's from. I, I, I didn't see the actual broadcast, but there's this gif goes around that has him saying, I tried, and therefore you can't criticize me. And that's what I thought when I read all this. <laughs> we tried. Uh, we tried, fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little bit, um, that, that makes me think about the, the old that kid sitting in, uh, Outside the Miami Heat Stadium a few years ago, or in the, <laughs> yes, yes. the tunnel. Good job, good effort. Good job, good effort, kid. <laughs> that kid's a legend. We need to bring him to Cincinnati. Uh, we're trying to laugh. You know, and the thing is, the thing is about that is like I even realized at the time, as big a jerk and as much fun as we have with that, that kid had the right attitude. He did much didn't more he? so than I do. He did. You know what? That's right. I like to know where that kid is these days. He'd be cheering probably on Nick Crawl, investing, yeah, investing in uh, in GameStop, investing in GameStop. Oh my gosh! Uh, I want to talk about that, but that just doesn't fit on this uh, this podcast. But my oh, goodness, what a mess! Fascinating, fascinating. And, and I saw something that you that you uh, for those of you that haven't followed it, it's a go look at the Reddit Rebellion stuff. But uh, I'm like you, I saw something you tweeted. I'm like you, man. I listen. I don't. I wasn't going to be on GameStop, but. I'm a buy and hold guy all the way and, uh, you know, index funds and I'm just risk averse, but I'm not, I'm kind of cheering on, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of cheering on these guys. I kind of am too. I mean, I don't want to be, I, I feel for the guy who gets stuck holding the bag, 
Yeah, but they, somebody's going to get stuck holding the bag at the end of this thing. But um, it's been retail investors for years. So. Yeah, right. I mean, how much? Um, it, it is a it is a rigged game. It is you know they they've they've found a way to count cards at the casino. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I find it very interesting just seeing the 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 Wall Street establishment who who are silly enough to go on the record. And, and complain about all this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we're going to save that for the world's most dangerous investment podcast. <laughs> Patreon only. <laughs> Patreon only. Uh, a, a, a brief, I don't know if this is optimism or I don't know what it is, but I do want to mention, um, you mentioned uh, Trent Rosecrans' piece at The Athletic. There was another piece of the, at The Athletic today, for those of you that uh, that aren't just subscribers, by Eno Saris. And Eno's a, a, a love Eno. He's a... Uh, Sort of an analytical type guy, but uh, used to be a fan of fan graphs like him, and he had some his some analytical predictions on the MLB in twenty twenty one, and he started out by, you know, you really it's deep into the weeds on this, but he talked about the basic computer projections, which had the Reds winning seventy six games this year and coming in third place. Well, that's that's a lot. I mean, they're only going to play uh, 60, right? <laughs> right, yeah. If they only play 60 games and the Reds win 76. So, but anyway, you know, whatever. You you can read the whole thing. He went through a whole, you know, it's, I like analytics, and it was a little bit, uh, dense is not the right word, but it's too far into the weeds for me. I've just, I don't know. You may like that stuff, but go read it. You know, you know it's a great writer. But anyway, he had some specific comments about teams that it looked like that the the computer models may have missed or that may may not be accurate on. And here's what he said about the Reds: uh, the Central National League Central looks like a miss overall. Maybe that just means there's some opportunity. Everyone but the Pirates is within that nine-win swing of first place, and each has their flaws and strengths. But when you look at the Vanguard and public stats right now, things available to the public, obviously, and focus on Things like how hard they hit the ball, how hard they throw the ball, things of that nature. The Reds start to look better than their 76-win projection. They might not add a huge piece, but a shortstop could make a dent in that projection. And then they have a few young arms and bats who could perform well and push the team to a win in the division. So some of that's hope is not a strategy stuff, but also it's, uh, you know, add a shortstop. And, you know, this given how awful this division is... I wanted to I wanted to end this part of the discussion with a little bit of optimism, which is that if they'll just add Gregorius, then you know there's a chance, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. So okay, so we we, we agree they gotta get they gotta get DD Gregorius. He's not the he's not Lindor, but he's better than Cal Farmer. It's a, it's a must. If D.D. Gregorius were running for uh, state senate. <laughs> you know what? He'd have to spend a lot on signs because they don't think you could fit that name on, on a sign or a button. That's true. That's true. But what about this What about this campaign uh, slogan? D.D., I'm better than Kyle Farmer. That's pretty good. It's persuasive. You've got to be careful, though. You got you don't want to irritate the, the, the agriculture. That's voters. a good point. You don't want to get those farmers against you. Yeah. yeah. And that is a little bit of negative campaigning, which I absolutely do not endorse. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm wanting to be – we can still be a little optimistic because the division the is garbage and the Reds are not awful, you know, awful, awful. 
They have some good players. But they're not trying to get any better. And there's just no way to there's no way to analyze what they've done this offseason with an, with the taking the pers- the perspective that they're actually trying to make the team better. And that really frustrates me. Okay, I got a headache. You want to answer some viewer mail questions? You know what, that's the cure for any headache is viewer mail. <laughs> actually, that's actually the cause of many headaches. Viewer I mail. got a bonus for us at the end of the podcast, too, by the way. You have a bonus? Yeah, I've got a bonus for the fans. Okay, I'm going to going to write down here to remind you to mention the bonus. All right. All right. So before we begin, all these questions for our viewer mail segment. And again, I will note for you, because it's been a couple weeks, you may have forgotten. These are actual letters from actual viewers. These come from our friends at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can support the podcast and become part of the family and, and join the Slack uh, channel discussion, which is always crazy and often gives me more headaches as well. But it's fun. It really is. And so I want to, uh, before we begin, we have a, a new member of the of the family at Patreon. And as we commonly do, we, we give them a position on our Red Leg Nation Radio Beer League softball team. And this guy, first of all, he's my favorite now. He's my favorite Patreon contributor. His name's James Ward. James joined up during the hiatus while I was off, you know, running for some po- silly political position. James was like, no way. I'm committing to this podcast. Committing for a full year. And so, James, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. James Ward. What position does James Ward play on our beer league softball team? Here's what I say. There you go. Oh, go ahead. No, that's what I was going to say. He's a first baseman. Yeah, he's a slugger. Why do we think he's a first baseman? I, I don't know. The, the 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 name doesn't mess around. You know what I mean? It's it's uh, it's right there. Boom, James it's Ward, direct. Run. Yeah, I agree. He's a he's a slugger. He's left handed uh, left handed hitter. Yep. And just I mean, he will pull him down the, the the right field line and just really unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Now. It's, uh, yeah. Do we suspect that he has taken PEDs and so may not be <laughs> eligible for the Hall of Fame? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I, I've really got like this kind of like Josh Bell type player in my mind right now. Okay. All right. I'm thinking more uh, Montgomery Ward around the uh, turn of the century. The guy at the store? Yeah, he played baseball first. I think he was a first baseman. That's sort of where I was going. Maybe. Oh, John John Montgomery Ward. Yeah, there you go. Um, Do we have a, before we start viewer mail, because I don't think any of the viewer mail questions uh, discuss this, but do we have a thought about the fact that no players were elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame this year? Um, you know, yeah, I guess. I mean, I've, I've kind of like gotten over being irritated about the Hall of Fame. Me too. So it kind of, you know, if you look at the voting totals, it is what it is. With with the guys who have a a purported or rumored or or real or whatever well not real because the guy with the real link is Manny Ramirez and he's his uh, he's going to get what he gets but um, the guys with this kind of steroid rumor around them are they're getting the votes they're going to get they're not getting you know it's not going up yeah you know um, my thought I'm like you. There was a time, actually, when I was 
obsessed is not the right word, but I, I really cared. I cared. Yeah. I cared about the Hall of Fame vote. And I'm I'm years past that at this point. The baseball writer screwed it up. And they refused to let people in that deserve to be in. And at this point, I just can't take it seriously anymore. Um, I mean, I get if you don't want, quote-unquote, cheaters in. I get that. That's fine. That's, that's a completely reasonable position to take. My position is I think the best baseball players in the history of the game need to be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care if you don't like him. That's that's my opinion. You can have your opinion about that. But Barry Bonds and, and Roger Clemens, I mean, these are these are the among the very best players ever to play this game. So I I don't know. I'm I'm just done caring about the Hall of Fame, and I hate that because I, I used to care. I used to care, and and I I don't anymore. I what I do want to do is go up there with my kids, though. I haven't been in probably 25 years, and. Uh, I think I, my my boys would really like to see it. I think. Yeah, I went um, nineteen ninety seven. Probably it's the only time I went. We took a road trip, some friends during law school, and ever since I've been like, oh, I got to take my son at least. Uh, I, I, I said my daughter before, but I'm not sure how much interest she has at this point. But this year, if we're allowed ever allowed to travel again, I think I'm probably going to do it this year because, and you should you should with with your uh, kids. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think it'd, it'd be a good time. I, I went on a road trip where we went to Fenway Park and then drove over to uh, Cooperstown. Oh wow! So it was a good a good time. We drove straight to Cooperstown with one stop in Pennsylvania to go to uh, Hershey Park. Oh really? Oh yeah, the, the, the amusement park. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Nice. Uh, and then visited uh, one of my good friends' uh, family in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and then on up to uh, in a driving snowstorm to Cooperstown. Man, it was great. Oh, wow. It was so much fun. All right, anyway, whatever. James Ward, you're in my Hall of Fame. Thank you so much, buddy. Okay, viewer mail, non-Hall of Fame edition. First question comes from Skylar Webker, still an, an Inner Circle Hall of Fame name in the Red Lake Nation radio family. Taking the starting lineup out, who do you think will make up the bench this year, is his question. I guess my first answer is... I'm not sure I care. I mean, it's a good question. But <laughs> I didn't want to say. I was trying to find a better way to say, say who cares, but that's my only thing I could think. I'm sorry, Skyler. I, I'm too, Skyler. That's not diplomatic, perhaps, but I mean, I spent a lot of years really being really irritated about the Reds signing Skip Schumacher to be the 25th guy on the roster before I realized. Eh, it's really not that big a deal. I, uh, yeah, the the one the, the the year that I finally broke me of that fever was the Cliff Pennington year. <laughs> yeah, you know they, they <laughs> trot that poor guy out there, um, you know, thirty four years old and and had never hit, and they they put him out there in the starting lineup, and I just, but I quickly realized I'm like this can't go on for very long. Like they have nothing invested in this guy. If he performs, great. If he doesn't, we'll just move on to Phil Gosselin, which I guess wasn't really a good answer. But hold on, hold on. Even, with, slow, even with Phil, slow your roll, Chief. Where did Phil Gosselin go to college? Oh, is he a? a He's a Wahoo. Polytechnic guy like you. Oh, slow your roll. Oh man, this is your last appearance on the Red Lake Nation oh, Radio right. podcast. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Farmer, hopefully, 
<laughs> that's the only thing I have to say about that. Is yeah, that? yeah, right. <laughs> I hope it's California. I was another starter. Um, Aquino, I guess, right? Is he still around? He isn't. I feel like it's. I feel like if this was a video game, there'd been a, a whole string of things that would have said like Aristides Aquino signs with the Rockies, and and then you just move on to the next season. Yeah, start spring training now. I think the only thing I can say is that on the bench, I hope that Kyle Farmer is there because he's going to be on the team. So I hope he's on the bench if he's on the team. And also, uh, I hope that Christian Cologne and Travis Jankowski are not. That's that's the only thing I have to say. Yeah, and. Uh... What's the one guy who was around forever? The guy from Michigan. Derek Jeter? No. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I wish I had my memory wasn't Bar- shot. Barry Larkin went to the University of Michigan. No, he's an outfielder with a nice head of hair. A nice Paul O'Neill style head of hair. Oh, my goodness. Uh, from Michigan, as a friend of mine used to say. <laughs> oh, well, I'll be there. No, oh, well, anyway. Uh, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Lamar. Oh, Ryan Lamar. That's right. Yeah. That's his name. Wasn't he first round or second round draft pick? Well, yeah. He was one of those guys that Doug Gray told me was not a bust. Yeah. Second round draft pick. Yeah. 2010 draft. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know when he was a bust, but at some point he's a, he's a, he's a typical, uh, you know, these guys that are drafted high get way more opportunities than guys that actually produce. So he's probably kicking around somewhere. I don't know. Good luck he to played him. in 2019. He actually, uh, he kind of <clears throat> didn't really get going until he was 29. And his 29 and age 30 seasons, he, yeah, he still played 119 games total in the major leagues, but more than me. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what, uh, gosh, who did I see? I saw somebody uh, tweeted some guy that, you know, did not do well in the majors. And some guy was slagging him about that. And he tweeted back, every single out that I made during those years, was in the major leagues. <laughs> what were you doing at that time? You know, I thought, you know what? That's a pretty good response. Point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question comes from Joey Gaditza. Now, Chris, I have to remind you that Joey, our good friend uh, from Patreon. Whoa. <laughs> hey, you remember that guy from that Joey from Blossom? That's what you're referencing there. The, the guy was in that show Blossom. Yeah, nothing but the, the most current references from 1996. <laughs> All right. Joey Lawrence. See, you've called me to go off on a tangent here. Uh, one year, this must have been 2007 or 8, we were in uh, New York City. This was back when you were allowed to like go to New York City. And we thought, you know what? The, the musical Chicago, that's a big thing. I've never seen it. Let's go see that. And uh, playing the role that was uh, played by Richard Gere in, uh, in the movie um, was Joey Lawrence from Blossom. Yeah, that's the risk when you go to the, the Broadway at the stunt casting, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and I really wanted so so I could I didn't have the nerve to do it, but I was hoping somebody else would do it. Was just yell out at some point during the performance. Whoa, it's good. It's, yeah. They like that. Right. So anyway, only fans of a certain vintage will understand that. But you know, you say only fans, only fans of this podcast of a certain okay. vintage will understand that reference. Joey is from Canada. Okay, that's what Canadians are from, Canada, and so that I need to give you that context. So we have two Joeys from Canada. Uh, uh, no, I think only this one, right? Joseph Fado. Joey. Oh, oh, I see what you're. I see where you went there. In the broader Reds community. In the broader Reds community, Joey Gaditza and Joey Vado. Yes, absolutely. So Joey 
says this. Hey, Chad. Hey, Chris. Glad you're back. Hope all is well with you both. Yeah, well, I lost an election, Joey. Thanks for reminding me that it's not well with me. <laughs> what would you rather go through? Another disappointing season for the Reds or one day in Regina during a cold snap of 40 below temperature? I think he just wanted me to say Regina. I want to hear you name the province that it's in. That is in uh, North Wales. the most fun province to say. It's in Wales. (laughs) Is that the right continent? It's not the Isle of Man. (laughs) Well, what province is Regina in? Saskatchewan. Hmm. Saskatchewan. You think the Sasquatch is from there? It almost has to be, right? Or do they call him the Yeti? You know what they call him down here in uh, in Southwest Virginia? Bigfoot? No, I'm, I'm. I don't even want to say this. The Wood Booger. <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> There's a restaurant down here called the Wood Booger. It's like a tourist thing. Speaking of Virginia politics, uh, <laughs> yes, I lost my Senate race to the Woodburger. Thank you for bringing no, that up. Well, well it, it, and and you can just you edit this out if you have to. But uh, was a Virginia uh, lawmaker of some sort? Was that the guy who was into Bigfoot erotica, or was that from North Carolina? <laughs> no, that was Virginia. That was our, uh, a congressman, not from my district, but Congressman Denver Riggleman. Oh, that's the that's the Bigfoot guy. That's the Bigfoot guy. Because cause he's kind of been, uh, well, he's, anyway. Yeah, he's turned out to be reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, like, uh, really on the ball lately. And yes. I didn't realize he was a Bigfoot erotica aficionado. Devotee, yeah. I guess, is what <laughs> he was accused of being. Yeah, he's actually a legit, he's a legit dude, I think. Um, but he lost it. He got primaried, and he lost. So, And we're not going to get into politics. But, anywho... Joey asks, what would you rather go through? Another disappointing season for the Reds or one day in Regina during a cold snap of negative 40 temperature? What's your answer there, Chris Garber? I'd like to go to Regina. I would. I, losing seasons are bad and, and Canadian, Canadian cities are cool. <laughs> well, listen, we've been through disappointing seasons for the Reds. I mean, it's, that's nothing new. Been to, I've been to, I feel like I'm Lionel, uh, the, 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 monorail guy but i've been to i've been to calgary and i've been to ottawa and i've been to montreal you have not seen the 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 viewer mail questions yet for tonight have you no is there a monorail question (laughs) that's the very next one i love it um yeah i think regina is the uh, i want to go to regina okay let's go to the next question comes from our buddy joe farsing and i figured this one appealed to you and I, i started to give you a heads up but i didn't his question is this Last exit to Springfield or Marge versus the monorail. So let me give a little context for those of you that aren't big Simpsons fan. Simpsons fan. Fans. Good grief. We got to cut this thing off. Last exit to Springfield is a an episode in the 17th um, uh, season. I think the 17th. Oh, no, no, no. Episode 17 of the fourth, of the season. fourth season. Right. Of, uh, of the Simpsons. And it was uh, Homer Simpson became president of uh, the nuclear power plants trade union, basically because he wanted to restore. He let him on a strike because he wanted to restore their dental plan, so they didn't have to buy braces for his daughter. So last exit to Springfield, great, great, great uh, 
episode written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Wolodarski. Wolodarski, of course, a contributor to many Wes Anderson films. The other one is Marge versus the Monorail. That's in the fourth season as well of The Simpsons. And it uh, the plot of that episode resolved, revolved around Springfield's purchase of a monorail system from a con man and uh, how Marge had to stop it from ruining the oh, town. Oh, man. So there's only one answer to this, I think. Written by Conan O'Brien, by the way. Thank you, yes. Written by the immortal Conan O'Brien. And uh, Leonard Nimoy, guest star in that episode. <laughs> he really does. Uh, the the monorail is, is probably my favorite half hour of television of any type, other other perhaps than the news radio episode, The Cane. Uh, it's just chock full of incredible gags and lines and musical numbers. Yeah, and I, I mean, encourage everyone to, to watch it every single day. I think that Marge versus the monorail, uh, that's the answer to this question, Joe, and thank you for the question. That's the clear answer. It's probably my second favorite Simpsons episode ever. And I've watched a lot of Simpsons episodes. Uh, my son and I have been going through them. We're on, we're on season 20 now, but, which is really hard to do because there's a lot of them. But, man, that it's it's just it's number two to me. Krusty gets canceled, number one? <laughs> that is not. That's a good one. Homer at the Bat. It's all season four these days. Yeah. Homer at the Bat is my favorite. Oh, great, great. Yeah. Great baseball thing. That has the Terry Cashman song. Exactly. Talking baseball, Simpsons edition at the end. And that's what I was thinking about earlier when you mentioned Terry Cashman. They uh... Did you think of sideburns? <laughs> oh, Mattingly. He's still better than uh, Steinbrenner. Um. Yeah, Marge versus the Monorail. Here's my can I, can I tell you my favorite uh, my favorite uh, anecdote from uh, you know sort of lousy internet research about that episode. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is in it, and Leonard Nimoy was not the first choice for that role. Um, William Shatner had turned the show down previously. <laughs> they asked George Takei, obviously from Star Trek, to guest star. And he, he had been in The Simpsons before, um, but and he initially said, okay, maybe, but then he demanded several script changes and then ultimately declined being in the show, and here's why. He said he didn't want to make fun of public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> that's just delightful. That's I amazing. Whether, whether that's an agent's BS or an actual... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> An actual sincere objection to the to, to taking the role. I I just love it. I appreciate the, the hustle. <laughs> I do too. I do too. So so they went to Leonard Nimoy. He accepted it. So uh, last exit to Springfield. A really good episode. Uh, Chris and I are both I think big fans of the Simpsons. Um, and uh, but Marge versus the monorail. Clearly, um, Kyle Kapler asks this out of Jimmy Haynes, Brandon Clausen, circa two thousand four. Don't start, Kyle. <laughs> really? Yeah, he led off with Jimmy Haynes. Out of Jimmy Haynes, Brandon Clausen, circa 2004, and Eric Milton. So that, here's the group we're talking about. Who could have pitched better with their non-dominant hand? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I want to thank Kyle for not putting Jimmy Anderson in there. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, I, so first off, it's got to be one of the lefties because a right-handed guy is just going to like 
heave the ball up there like a shot put, left-handed. Right. So Milton was a lefty. Was Clawson a lefty? I think he was, right? Yeah, yeah. The lefties have more experience doing things right-handed than vice versa. Okay. So I'm going to say Clawson is probably a better athlete than Milton. Yeah. And that's my choice. Okay, there we go. I'm going to agree with you, Brandon Clawson, because uh, if it's between Clawson and Milton, bless his heart, as as we say down here in the mountains, Eric Milton can do anything, right? Yeah, Clawson was at least not terrible. Right. One season. (laughs) One for one six week stretch. Kyle Kapler also asks, also, my wife and I are about to get a puppy. Any tips? You any tips, Chris? Uh, yeah, puppies are great. You have a puppy? Or a dog? a three-year-old dog now, but, um, our puppy was a maniac. Don't, don't give up. Um, don't tie him in a sack. Uh... (laughs) Good advice. We we ended up getting a dog trainer, uh, professional help, and it, he only came over a couple times and, and did his thing, but uh, it was like flipping a light switch. The dog realized that she didn't have to be a maniac. She could just as easily and, and have much more happy life by behaving herself. So um, use a pro. There you go. And I, I, I thought I knew a lot. I'd had dogs my whole life, and I really thought I knew what I was doing, and this one had me stymied, so – well, I don't really have any advice, uh, Kyle. You know, when uh, when my kids were younger, we were really heavily involved in travel sports, and we just felt like I felt guilty. I felt guilty for years about not getting them a a dog. But we just like we're gone every single weekend, and it's just you know it's not fair uh, to try. We could just, we didn't feel like we could we could handle it. Um, because yeah, you know, I mean, uh, where we live, you know, you have to travel a ways every weekend, and so. And you've made me feel guilty. Thanks for nothing, Kyle. John Majewski. Boy, he begins his this question even worse than uh, than Is Kyle began his. Skier Majewski. It's Majewski. I asked him personally. Yes, I think I think really it's Majewski in, in everyday life for him, but <laughs> he doesn't want to be confused. On this call, he's like, just say it a different way. Yeah. yeah. John says, as two of the eminent baseball historians, can we take a moment to Get chuckle eminence. at that? Yeah. Do you think this offseason will rank as one of the most disappointing in team history? Um, he has a follow-up question, but let's go ahead and answer that one. And, and my answer is, uh, dude, toss it on the pile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like, you know, 1981, 82 offseason, or, or when I was a kid, you know, when, when Pete left or Joe Morgan left, the things that really just, like, broke my heart. It's just kind of like... Yeah, more of the same. Nice yeah. try. <laughs> right, yeah. It's not, it's just, again, toss it on the pile. Follow-up question, when will the sequel to your book appear? As a working title, I propose the following. The infamous 50, the men and moments that ruin the Reds, the great shortstop what? debacle of 2021 will surely rank near the top. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got an idea there. I, to be honest, <laughs> I mean... I, I thought that the, the sequel was going to be called Philo, the Felipe Lopez era, but <laughs> hasn't kind of got there yet. Yeah. You know, uh, selfishly, Chris, we haven't had this discussion, I, I don't think. Maybe we have. I don't remember it. But um, I kind of want the res to continue to just be awful because there's no reason to update our book at that point. <laughs> still just as good. I thought about that. We should have done a big push during Christmas. Be like, it's just as good. New book. Yeah, it's just as relevant as it was back then. (laughs) 
Rich Thompson. Rich has a couple of questions. I'm going to pick one of these so because we're running uh, short on time, and if we have time, we'll we'll circle back. Um, question one: Sometimes a movie sequel is better than an original. Which of the following movie sequels is the best in your opinion? And he has two choices: Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, or Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Which one of those is best? That's a good question. What do you think? I think I go with Empire Strikes Back, only because I just got creeped out about Khan when they whatever they put the thing in the the guy's ear. You remember that? Oh man, that's right. I'd block that out. That really disturbed me. So I'm going to go with Empire Strikes Back, which is the best of the uh, Star Wars movies, other than yeah. other than the one with the pod race. My my kids, we have Disney Plus, and you know my kids are kind of we 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 let them use that service more or less unsupervised. <laughs> yeah, because you know you figure it's safe. Right. You know, they can't really just go watch Netflix or or anything like that. But Disney Plus, go ahead and watch it downstairs. Watch it on your phone. So what that's led to is is my kids have watched all of the Simpsons without me, <laughs> and and my older boy has watched all the Star Wars movies. Good deal. Right, but I have no – this is where the supervision probably should still be required even though there's not, like, objectionable material because I don't know what order he watched them in. Ah, oh, yes. I, there was nobody there to tell him about Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Got to warn him. You know, I, I feel like I've I've really let my guard down, and I I just don't know what – like, he could come in this room and and talk to you and tell you how the pod race was the best scene and the best movie that he's seen for all I know. So, uh, I, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say in Empire Strikes Back is far superior to Wrath of Khan, at least pretty superior. Yeah. But as an improvement on the first movie, ah. Khan picks up more ground. I see what you're saying. Empire does. Yeah, I can buy that. It's like a, a, a really, really good sequel to a kind of meh first movie. My, uh, my son is a... a is becoming a, a pretty substantial Star Wars geek, uh, which is fine. That's that's great. Whatever. Um, what it's for? Yeah, I mean, listen, I like Star Wars. I had the toys when I was growing up, and I've always liked. It, but I've never really been really into it. But but he and I undertook a uh, a path of watching the movies, and we're not all the way through yet. But um, we did watch the we watched the original three first of all, and uh, I was I confirmed my belief that the Return of the Jedi is really not very good at all, even though I loved it when I was a kid. Um, and I thought, well, you know what? Let's give the prequels, episodes, uh, you know, one, two, and three. Let's give them another chance. Maybe I was maybe I was wrong, and I wasn't wrong. I mean, episode <laughs> one is it's just it's, bad. It's bad, but it's not as bad as the Attack of the Clones. <laughs> It's bad close. Movie. You're right. Yeah. Bat, batty, insane. <laughs> I watched it a few weeks ago, part of it. And it, I mean. It's bad. You take like every part of a movie, like from the concept to the dialogue to the execution, the performances, the special effects. I mean, I don't know. Maybe sound design was good. <laughs> right. John Williams was involved, but like, oh, my goodness. Samuel L. Jackson was in that movie, and it was still awful. Yeah, well, he's a veteran of Snakes on a Plane, so he's not exactly. <laughs> I have had it with these mm, snakes on this mm, plane. Oh, man. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, uh, my, my kids know him as the, the credit card guy. 
<laughs> right, yeah. I will say this, Revenge of the Sith, kind of underrated at this point. I mean, it, it, yeah, when its rating is zero, I agree with you. It's better than episodes one and two, I think is the only reason it... Far better. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, um, we could have answered your second question, Rich, but we went off on a diatribe on Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> Hooper Powell, can the Reds just not field a shortstop, but use the ninth fielder as an in-game entertainment? <laughs> Maybe trivia or karaoke? Well, why not Gapper? I have no, exactly, I have no idea what that means necessarily, but... Um, you know, I'm reading a book right now called, uh, oh, what's it called? The, the End of Baseball. It's a novel. And it's a novel that presumes that Bill Veck signs all the, the Negro League stars to play for the Philadelphia A's. He buys the Philadelphia A's, signs all of them to play for them you know, before Jackie Robinson uh, integrates baseball. And, uh, and what the world would have looked like, essentially. And one of the, the reason why I mention that is that before every game his in this novel they put a uh, like a big uh, you know will of fortune uh, thing on the on the mound and they they have a fan come out and spin it and whichever position that it landed on is the position that Martin Diego I'm not sure I haven't pronounced that right but the Cuban uh, the legendary Cuban player Martin Diego D I H I G O would play whatever position it came up on so you know if we're not going to play a shortstop then why don't we just do something like that. Just spin the wheel, and whichever Reds employee shows up gets to play shortstop that day. I love it. Yeah, I I need to look that. Uh, I need to check that book out because I actually thought about this the other day when uh, I read an article about uh, a barnstorming team, like a, the Willie Mays barnstorming team or whatever. Yeah, that Henry Aaron was on. Mm-hmm. A legend. Read about Rest this? in peace. No. Yeah, it was uh, probably in like fifty five. I think. And they went around and played like, I don't know, a, a six weeks worth of games in the off season. And it was like Ernie Banks, Roy Campanella, Larry Doba, Monty Irving, uh, Don Newcomb. I think it was Don Newcomb's team. Jim Gilliam, Mays, Aaron. And they just like obviously obliterated anybody they played. But uh, I thought about this. Like, what if all those guys were on the same team yeah. back then? Well, that's what this one is. It's uh, you know, it's Satchel Paige, it's uh, Josh Gibson, it's uh, Buck Leonard. You know, all these guys are um, on this team before Jackie Robinson broke the color line. It's 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 not the best written novel I've ever read, but it's good. I'm enjoying it. Hooper also says, on a serious note, you will always be a senator in my heart. Chris, should I demand that all of our uh, everyone that uh, asks a question? refers to me as Senator Dotson from this point forward. I think that you ought to just change your first name. Oh, I think I might. How would that go over in the uh, in the local press if I literally went to the courthouse? <laughs> Let me tell you what. If you want publicity... <laughs> that would get it. Get it there. and then But don't ever run for Senate again. Oh, uh, there you go. Just run for, run for the... the uh, what do they call it? The, the House of... House of Delegates. House of Delegates, yeah. I'm run never for running for the House of Delegates. Oh, is that... Uh, all right. It's beneath me. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but go ahead. <laughs> I've, listen, I've had people this week, I bet I've had 15 people try to convince me to run for the local House of Delegates seat. And that's been my answer. Yeah, it's beneath me. Ah! I love it. <laughs> Senator? I love it. Senator, maybe. Listen, I was a circuit court judge. I'm not going to go all the way down to House Big of Delegates. Time. 
Is there a House of Burgesses? <laughs> it used to be the House of Burgesses. The House of Delegates used to be the House of Burgesses, the longest uh, or the uh, you know the oldest legislative body in North America. Yeah, I think the, the, the building was there in Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah. I think that must be where I got that in my head. Have you ever been to Williamsburg? <laughs> I used to used to go there sometimes. <laughs> once, or, once or twice. Andrew Scott Wills asks, when you're watching the Reds at home, which, you know, for the last year and probably for the next year, the only place I'm going to watch the Reds, do you sit on the couch, a recliner, a limp beanbag? <laughs> I love these questions. Thank you, Andrew. I put... I, I put myself in the in a rack <laughs> just to get in the right frame of mind to watch right. that team. You know it's going to be painful. Just <laughs> got a set of stocks that I have my wife like it. Well, all right, now it's starting weird, sounding weird. Yeah, really, I don't want to go there, but never mind. <laughs> that was a torture joke, not anything else. Thank you. Exactly. We have bean bags in uh, both of the rooms where we watch television in this house, and uh, because the kids that's like it. Them. Nothing but beanbags. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have a couch. <laughs> we did nothing but beanbags here. It's a 1967. A sunken, a sunken living room full of beanbags. And you should see our doorways. We don't have doors. We have uh, you know beads that, uh, beads? that hang down. <laughs> <laughs> My kids, though, when they were little, they called the beanbags. They called them beanbangs because you know for whatever. So at some point, someone said, couldn't pronounce beanbag, and so in our house, they are now beanbangs. I like it. So, so well, family. Going back to the earlier, my kids uh, used to call the the cartoon program the Simp Simps. <laughs> well, that's funny. You you've heard me say a couple times Simpsons tonight, yeah. because that's what we my son and I call them here because that's what he called them when he was little, and now yeah. I find myself referring to them as the Simpsons. Yeah, you can't do that in public. <laughs> yeah, well, I just did. Chuck Nichols, hey guys, glad you're back. If the Reds can't sign Didi. What do you think their plan B is at shortstop? And we kind of already talked about this, but I mean, Kyle Farmer's plan B. I mean, do we, right? Am I wrong about yeah, that? Kyle Farmer's plan B and, and, uh, oh my gosh, Garcia's plan B1. I mean, maybe Ahmed Rosario's plan B. I guess we could say that, but oh my goodness. My head hurts even worse now. Risto Neely. Hey, Chad and Mr. Garber. Okay, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not Mr. Dotson and Mr. Garber? Risto. It being a slow week in politics. It wasn't slow for me, Risto. Uh, slow week in politics and Red's meaningful activity. Let's try classic Cold and Hot War Air Force movies. Wow. Risto will get as obscure as he can. As Chad knows, I've, I have a particular affinity for these since I was air crew in the U.S. Air Force uh, during this period. In your considered opinion... Which is the best movie that portrays this era of time? Now he has four movies that he's uh, he's going to list here, okay. and I try to pretend that I'm a quote unquote cinephile, and mm-hmm. I have watched a lot of movies, um, and I like watching movies. But let me let me give you these four. This is where I'm going to be completely exposed to because I know what one of them is going to be, and, and I ain't seen it. But go ahead. No, maybe not. But Jet Pilot with John Wayne. Strategic, not, not seeing that. No, nope. neither have I. Strategic Air Command with Jimmy Stewart. Is that Jimmy Stewart? It's Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Have you seen it? Some I may have seen that at some point. And uh, yeah, I've I don't somehow know Jimmy Stewart's in it. I've not seen it. Bomber B fifty two with Jimmy Stewart. And number four, Bat twenty one 
with Gene Hackman. I remember that movie. That was an 80s movie. Uh, I thought that was, uh, yeah, it's like somebody gets shot down, I think. Yeah. Like an escape deal. Risto's, I don't remember that one. I've not seen it. Risto says, We're my choice. talk about Dr. Strangelove, which <sighs> I have never seen. What? I know. I know. Stanley Kubrick, Dr. Strangelove? It's, it's like Strangelove? The, the probably the maybe the only one on the top 100 AFI list that I haven't seen. Yeah, that's a blind spot. you got to see it. It's, it's laugh out loud funny. It's really good. Uh, Risto says, my choice is Bat-21 because I served as air crew on this type of aircraft in Vietnam. And the movie is a somewhat realistic portrayal of the time. So my choice is also Bat-21 because I've not seen any of those. And because I, I, and because I appreciate the fact that Risto served as air crew on this type of aircraft in Vietnam. I want to see it now. And uh, I'm looking it up here. It says that Jerry Reed's in it. And I'm a huge Jerry Reed fan. <laughs> well, aren't we all? And I wonder if that's like, if I, I, I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to imagine that Risto is the Jerry Reed character. Absolutely. I would have said Top Gun. Is that not uh, during... Uh... It's not Air Force. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're right. It's a naval aviator. Can I ask you, they uh, they were going to come out with a Top Gun sequel this year, and then I guess COVID the shut can. that down. So are we excited for the Top Gun sequel? I, I am excited for it. You know, I keep talking about our kids. I've shown my kids Top Gun um, I have as last well. year. I did and then last they year as watch well. it. We watched it again like three weeks ago. And that movie... As the kids say, slaps. Yeah, no, it's it's fun. Now, is is Val Kilmer in the in the sequel? Do we know? That's a good question. Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer. Well, he may be. He may have been busy. <laughs> he might have been. You're right. Do you think? Do you think there's going to be a uh, strangely erotic <laughs> beach volleyball scene? Shot with a different <laughs> lens and film stock than the rest of the entire movie. Yeah, you think that's going to be in the sequel too? I hope I so. Hope so yeah, he no is too. in it. He's in it. <laughs> Val Kilmer's in it. Star Admiral. Oh my gosh, Iceman! For, what? Iceman, chief of naval operations. He made it. Well, do we believe that Iceman could could rise that high? Maybe. Yeah, he did it by the book. <laughs> oh my gosh! I remember going to see Top Gun with a buddy of mine uh, in the theater, and just we, you know, we didn't. I didn't know anything about movies, but we had such a good time. Oh, I love that movie so much. I had a buddy. Uh, Jason Ballard, who probably isn't listening, uh, but he, he could... Uh, he better be listening. He wanted, he wanted to be a pilot, and he would sit at the lunch table in, in the seventh grade cafeteria, and he would recite the entire movie, like <laughs> all the dialogue straight through from memory. Oh, wow. Would he sing, You've Lost That Loving Feeling? <laughs> we usually didn't get that far before, before lunch was over. Yeah. So had to go to study of, hall. Uh, it was a lot of that guy, you know, that cigar-smoking guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, I went with a, a buddy of mine who was ended up being a state trooper, Greg Powers, since we're mentioning uh, who we saw the movie with. But, uh, oh, we had a great time. Uh, anyway, last question here. Nathan Connor, <laughs> and this, is, this, this fits in with the theme of shortstops. Paul Yanish, Orlando Cabrera, Jeff Kepinger, Alex Gonzalez. Oh. What shortstop will join these immortal Reds in 2021? Oh, gosh. I mean, Kyle Farmer's worse than all of them, right? Yanish is the only guy out of that. Well, Kepinger could hit a little, in my memory. Yeah, Cabrera could hit a little, couldn't he? I don't know. He was just like, he and Gonzalez were the same dude, though. They were just like, they were done. 
and and Jockety, you know, got excited about it. Cabrera was a former Cardinal, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, for some reason, he was on that 2010 team, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I have such a good memory of the 2010 team that won the division. He wasn't awful, was he? I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna look it up. He was farmer esque. <laughs> Seventy six OPS plus. Oh yikes! It was that bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Cal Farmer is the answer to that question. Oh my goodness, Chris, we got to go. Uh, you said you All had. Right, a... I've got. Yeah. I got. I got two things. I got a correction. First off, earlier I said that Saskatchewan was the most fun uh, province to say, and I, that was incorrect. The answer is Manitoba. Oh yeah, Manitoba. Yeah, I agree. And then, uh, if you if you will, I have a little bit of uh, fair use sample of the Talking Baseball Reds version. This is a now, bonus. Uh, it is, and I want to tell you, I this the lyric here is different than I said it was. But if you listen carefully, you can tell that they overdubbed Clint Hurdle out of the version after he left the Reds after 1982, and replaced him with another Im- immortal who had a uh, short name that fit Rich Gale. <laughs> so no, here, Wait, you, you looked this up while we were talking in this podcast. Yeah, I found it on YouTube. Uh, here you go, oh, folks. Man. Well, oiled up and running, the red machine is gunning to wind up in the series in the fall. New names join the old, another team unfolds. This is the season for Gale and Dreesen, so let's play ball. I'm talking baseball. Hugh can be terrific since he baseball. Johnny Bench, prolific. Davey Ron, Sedano, add the sheen. <laughs> Soto and Berenge have the steam to power since Baseball's red machine. <laughs> so there you go. That's classic. Uh, it just, I mean, I'm not sure he pronounces Bereni pro- properly. Uh, you can you can hear that they like they're they're making a song about the immortals, and they had to go back and overdub a name one year later because uh, the guy was such a stiff that they ran him out of town. And but they added Rich so, Gale. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and so what do they do? Like not even Milner. But it's yeah. This is this is the season for Gale. And what they say about Tom Hume? Uh, uh, I don't know. It's hilarious. I could listen to that again. He's got the sheen. I think <laughs> is that what it was? I don't know. It's uh, it's something. So, folks, I I encourage you to go look for the Lost Edition, the Lost Hurdle Edition of Talking <laughs> Baseball. But if you can't find that, just uh, go to YouTube and search Talking Baseball Cincinnati Reds version. Oh. And you can enjoy that. So, Chris, you've made my day. You've absolutely made my week. I, uh, I'm a loser <laughs> in politics, but I'm a winner because I'm still here on Red Leg Nation Radio. That is fantastic. Amen. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we're back now week to week, and I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate all of you listening. Go to patreon.com slash redlegradio. You can support us uh, because you know we're back. And uh, and I hope that this episode has shown you that we're going to try to find the fun we can in this organization. It's a tough time right now. It's been a tough time for, I don't know, three decades. But uh, we can still have fun. Chris, any final thoughts? Baseball's
bread and cheese. Big Lou, Big Lou, Big Lou. Johnny can play in the hall someday. Big Lou, Big Lou, Big Lou. Talking baseball. Baseball's bread and cheese. Big Lou. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.